Hey everyone, my name is Maggie Chang. And I'm Elena Cho. And welcome to Gourmand, a show set on empowering the next generation of food lovers and leaders. Today we're sitting down with Susie Karachi, the founder of The Mediterranean Dish, the leading online resource for wholesome and approachable Mediterranean recipes. The Mediterranean Dish is the epicenter for nutritious recipes ideal for New Year cooking, featuring diverse ingredients and flavors. Welcome to Gourmand, Susie. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're super excited. Um, Can you just start by telling us a little bit more about your childhood? We know you grew up in Egypt. What was that like and how did food come into play? Yeah, for sure. I grew up in Port Said, Egypt, right on the Mediterranean. Uh, And Port Said is also obviously from from the name. It's a port city. It is Egypt's main port to the Suez Canal. So it's a very... um, strategic spot in Egypt. Um, It's very cosmopolitan, um, but you'll see all kinds of people. So growing up, um, it was just a walk to the canal and we would just see like the big ships, you know, um, with all the people from different places, from Italy, Turkey, Greece, all over the world, really. We had tourists um, stopping by and (laughs) it wasn't, it wasn't unusual to kind of hear all sorts of uh, languages kind of spoken in that area and um, so um, growing up it was also just one of those things as far as food is involved because I know everybody's interested in food <laughs> on this on this podcast um, you could find almost anything Mediterranean in that in that small cosmopolitan city actually it's not very small but anyway so uh, we would just like it would be easy enough to go to dinner um, at Pizza Spot, Pizza Pino, which obviously Italian, that was overlooking the, the Suez Canal. And then, you know, the next day go to some place for falafel <laughs> for, for, you know, for a quick bite. And so it was like all sorts of Mediterranean influences, all of the flavors from the Mediterranean kind of just came together. And it wasn't something we thought about very much. Like I didn't as a child, think about that like when I ate pizza I didn't sit there and think oh this is Italian you know and and I I don't want to limit Italian food to pizza we had we had all sorts of it so um it was just one of those things where flavor to me was just um it came naturally in my mom's kitchen it was um very you know like think about this too Port Said or Egypt in general is also a North African country uh it's also a middle eastern country and it's just it's so positioned that you will see people from the middle east and you will see influences from places like palestine and israel and then influences from lebanon and then greece and italy and turkey and spain all of that came together without so much a thought in terms of the way that my mom cooked yeah yeah. what were some of your favorite dishes growing up oh gosh so much um so I I mean so my mom cooked like a a mean chicken piccata but we didn't call it chicken piccata it was like our own thing um and then we obviously had all the Middle Eastern stuff obviously the falafels the full medamas which is Egypt's um uh what do you call it national dish which is a very humble humble dish made of fava beans uh, we lived on that um and and we ate all sorts of like Greek influenced foods like pastizio, which we called macaroni bechamel, basically layered 
pasta and the big bechamel creamy heavy stuff on top was was such a treat to have but we mostly lived on seafood because of proximity to the mediterranean and um i just i remember going to the fish market with my dad and kind of picking up whatever you know the catch of the day was and, and it was kind of an experience to go and pick it while it's still nice and fresh and um, so we lived on a lot of seafood for that reason because it was so available. Yeah, it sounds like you really had a blend of cultures growing up, which is super interesting. Um, so Elena and I are huge fans of the Mediterranean dish, and I'm actually planning to make the tahini chocolate chip cookies that you have on oh, the blog this weekend. Fun. Um, <laughs> uh, and we're just really curious, like, what's the story behind the blog? How did you start it? Um, and what was what were you kind of thinking at that moment, yeah. or what were you doing? So the blog started in 2014. It was really just a transitional kind of thing. It was more of a hobby when it started. We had been, I, I come from a background in marketing, PR and fundraising. That's what I did for a long time before I started the blog. And when we started moving for my husband's career, um, we, we ended up we went from Michigan to Iowa. I went to school in Michigan, so that's how I ended up in the States <laughs> to begin with. Um, and we moved to Iowa and I was kind of in transition and it had been a big move for me in terms of, I left a very busy job and was very happy with it. And now I kind of was like, oh, what to do now? You know, I don't know. Um, and so my husband like honestly one day walked in the door and said, hey, have you heard of this thing called food blogging? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I haven't. It sounds really weird. <laughs> and so he explained to me because he he listens to podcasts or whatever on his commute home, and he's like, I came across this idea. Like people are actually cooking online, and I'm like, okay. You know, I knew there were there were some sites that existed that you know you went and found a, a recipe and you tried it out. I didn't realize it was like a thing that people did from their homes. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. And then he's like, I think you should do that. So he was, he was the one behind it. He's like, you know, you need something to do. You love to write. Uh, I loved to cook and um, host at our house a lot. So I would cook foods I grew up with and, and people are always asking for recipes. So he's like, you can do that now online. Um, and it was a time of my life that I was kind of like starting to focus more on the kids. Mm -hmm. I had a little one at the time, well, two of them, but one was smaller. And I was thinking that maybe I will kind of take up, you know, a step back and spend more time with, with the baby, but it was really rough to just be a stay at home mom. So I, I thought the idea of a food blog was a fun way to kind of start documenting some recipes for my girls. And, um, cause they're both born in Michigan, right? So they're, they're super American, but I wanted them to learn where they came from and food is a great way to do that right food is a great way to to share your culture and especially to teach your kids and to pass on your heritage so i thought that the food blog would at least be that if nothing else and so we just kind of sat in you know and it was our office at home and we kind of just started putting together this site <laughs> and, and like 10 10 or $20 later, we bought the MediterraneanDish.com and um, 
I thought it was a worthwhile investment. Uh, so at that point, it was just, you know, I just started it simply for the love of cooking and sharing the food. Um, it wasn't until 2016 that it became something that I thought would be my real, my real job. Like all of that time, I was just kind of like, you know, sometimes I'll post a recipe, sometimes I won't. It was just a hobby. In 2016, I started receiving a lot of different emails from people. It was like a weird thing. Suddenly people found me and are emailing me, asking me like, what am I going to do next? And, and how I've helped them. They've been cooking my recipes for a while and how that has changed the way that they ate and that, you know, some people would lose weight. And, and so people started kind of just sharing their experience with my site, which I didn't realize anybody was reading beyond my mom. <laughs> we can really, I, mean, yeah. I, I could see like the traffic coming. I, I was happy with it. I was thinking it was starting to make some income, but it wasn't anything, you know, to call home about, <laughs> but I just was happy to hear from people. And it started something in my head that this is actually helping somebody. And at that point we were on our second move. We moved from Iowa to Atlanta, Georgia, where we are now. And um, I, at that point, decided that maybe I'll give it a shot as a, as a project, you know, and just kind of dedicate my time to it. And I picked up a camera. I learned how to do food styling and photography. And, you know, I started just dedicating the time to doing it. And here we are. <laughs> I haven't quit. So, yeah. Wow. Um, had you ever, when you were younger, like, would you ever have imagined that you would have kind of a career in food eventually or that food would become so central to your life? No, I, I never thought. I mean, I, I've had other aspirations <laughs> from yeah. being a doctor to like a journalist. I, I did like, I did think about like a career in TV or some other form of a career in communications, but food was not at all on my radar screen and, and definitely just didn't think about where the Mediterranean dish would be today. Like when I started in 2014, if somebody had told me at the time that the Mediterranean dish will be the number one resource for Mediterranean cooking, that's where people will go online for, I would not have, you know, given it a thought. I would be like, you're, <laughs> you're kidding. It's so cool to hear like your story and why you started the Mediterranean dish. Um, and I was looking at your website and it seems like you guys have some, you have some pretty core values like eat with the seasons, use mostly whole foods and above all share. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you developed those values and how that you see that playing in what you do every day? Yeah, absolutely. So those were just three simple principles I grew up with at home um so growing up on the in that part of the world on the mediterranean we we ate with the seasons without thinking about it very much because a trip to the market with my dad to the souk meant that we were going to be eating whatever we picked up on that day so there wasn't anything that you know there wasn't a ton of planning ahead we ate with the seasons we ate very much what we picked up that day um, we used mostly whole foods, that's a Mediterranean diet um, principle. Uh, it's not that I don't ever eat 
a piece of cheese that's not all, you know, like that's not processed. It's not that I don't use sugar sometimes, but for the most part, we, we eliminate from our diet, from our lives today as a family, uh, the processed foods. And we use mostly whole foods uh, that are good for you. Um, and then above all, share is really the heart of the Mediterranean dish. It is the heart of why I started this. Uh, but that's the principle I grew up with as well. I grew up in a home that uh, was always open to people and my parents entertained often, but even if they weren't planning to entertain on a given day, somebody might pass by the house and they are welcome to sit and eat. Um, and so the table was always full. Uh, and there was just a joy about uh, celebrating a meal together. And that, that is what I'm, I'm hoping uh, I can bring in my corner of the internet and someday in person when we're not quarantining <laughs> anymore. So. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I think the thing I miss most about being able to see other people is just gathering around a table with friends and family and being able to share a meal. Um, so mm -hmm. I know my, I, I live with two roommates, so we've been trying to do that pretty much every night just between yeah. us. Um, which is yeah, it's, it's hard. I do, I do think that the principle of sharing, it's, it's a very strong one that you will find throughout the Mediterranean. The culture mm -hmm. there is very collective. I think you guys understand that. And people are always helping each other, participating in each other's lives. Um, and, and breaking bread with somebody is a very sacred thing, and it is to me. So I feel like sharing is the best part of the meal. Don't you think? Um, I think that's like the best part whenever you go to a restaurant or anything. It's just like having so many people to be able to share food with um, and about the experience. And it sounds like you kind of fell into um, doing the Mediterranean dish as a full-time job. And it's so incredible how much it's grown in the past six years and the community that you've built um, and the products that you guys have. Um, we're curious like if what is one piece of, of advice that you would tell students or young people who are looking to enter um, a food, the food space or start their own blog or product line? It's a really hard business to be in if you don't love it um, because there's so many pieces that you have to tend to every day, right? From, from coming up with developing the recipes or whatever to uh, writing to photography to social media there's so many pieces and so if you didn't love it and if you didn't have a strong why behind what you're doing no matter what what business really if you don't have a strong why the first few years are going to be very rough for you and a lot of people enter the blogging business and leave within months a lot of people um, and that's because it, it, you won't make money if I were being truthful for a long while um, you're gonna you're gonna need to invest in building the business piece by piece and reaching people and offering people of yourself before you expect to make anything back. So you have to be okay with the principle of giving before receiving for a long while. And so that's I think my, the biggest piece of advice uh, I would say: start do it on the side first and see if it's something that you will that you see yourself doing full time. Uh, so 
don't rely on it for money right away. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be that. Um, but every business is that way too, right? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, and yeah, and I think like, then there are also people who might wanna start a blog just for the side and keep it that way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the great thing about you know, the food media space right now and having things like Instagram and easy blogging sites is that so many people can do that. And it's so much easier. Absolutely, and out. it's great. It's a great community. It's a great thing to be a part of yeah. because uh, I mean, look at you guys with your podcast. Look at how many people you're able to share with. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's, it's um, we are living in such a blessed time to be able to share so much information in different ways. Like you can do the video thing or you can do the podcast thing or you can just write online. And how much richer is our culture because we are able and willing to share freely and we have the the way to do that and it's it's amazing really i couldn't have imagined this back in 2014 there's a lot more that has happened in the blogging world and a lot more technology mm -hmm. that's been added that's making our life a lot more connected uh sometimes more than we want to be but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know definitely yeah yeah um yeah it's funny it's like thinking back to 2014 2013 i when i was in eighth grade in 2013, I started a baking blog. And so to this day, I still do it as like a side little thing, but it's definitely like just the amount of connections that it's enabled and the number of people who I feel like I know now just through Instagram and through making each other's recipes is I think kind of the best part. Even yeah, you'll have to tell me where I can find your baking <laughs> blog. I'd love to read it. <laughs> I definitely will. Um, yeah, it's Crumbs yeah. and Nibbles. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll write that down. Um, but yeah, I think it's, and it's been, so it's, it has been cool for me to, you know, start Gourmand and then, like you said, see another avenue, another type of media that that can expand to um, with the podcast. For sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely. What do you think is next for you in the Mediterranean dish? Do you have any exciting projects lined up or? Yeah, I am writing a cookbook with Clarkson wow. Potter um, and that will be coming out sometime in 2022 <laughs> so i the blessing of the quarantine for me i kind of just hunkered down and started working on this uh, um, dream project which actually just really did come again from the people who are reading the blog have been emailing me that it's time we need a we need a physical piece that we can hold on to so i started that and hopefully it will <laughs> Hopefully it will be a good one. Um, so yeah, I'm doing a ton of work on the cookbook right now. Uh, we'll continue, probably we'll continue to expand our offerings in terms of uh, the resources on the shop right now, like some of the ingredients. We've, we've really been seeing some encouraging return on that as far as people's response to the products that we've offered so far has been great and so i think we'll continue to to see where else we can fill the need for them and make make mediterranean food even more accessible um so those are the two main things right now and we're kind of just taking it a little bit at a time <laughs> this year we've also worked a little bit more on the video side of things so i i do a lot of video uh uh cooking demos and that kind of thing to help people 
um, visualize the food a little bit more. So I think a bit of it will just simply be to see where else the Mediterranean dish can help people and um, uh, user experience is always a big thing to me. Like if you come to my blog, I want you to feel like you're at my table and you are enjoying yourself. And so any place I can be helpful, um, I will make that happen on the site. So that's, that's really a short list of things that I'm hoping will, will come through. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. We're super excited. I've been really in, in, into cookbooks this year, so i um, excited for years to come out. <laughs> that's great. Thank you. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, and then as kind of we have this segment at the end of all our episodes, it's called the Quick Fire Tasting Menu. So we're just going to ask you um, some speed round questions, so just let us know what comes to mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so the first question is, what's one kitchen tool that you can't live without? Cast iron skillet. That's a good one. Uh, what's your favorite <laughs> midnight snack? Cheese. What kind of cheese? Uh, I'll have to say feta. <laughs> um, favorite Mediterranean dish recipe? Falafel. <laughs> They're very predictable, but <laughs> that's everybody's favorite too. So it's a favorite yeah. for a reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is one must have item in your fridge? Um, best, best. Um, one must have item in the fridge, probably lemons. Mm. Yeah, citrus, okay. any citrus. Yeah. And then um, who's someone in the world of food that's doing something cool that you want to give a shout out to? Oh, there's so many of them. Uh, Samin Nasrat is a great one. I love her so much. Her cookbook, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, I think came out a couple of years ago and it's been a great resource I, and I love watching her. Um, Melissa Clark of the New York Times is amazing. Um, one of my favorite people on earth. Um, I just love watching her. Who else? There's a ton of people in the Mediterranean food space. I'm afraid to point to one or two and then, <laughs> and then I'll be in deep trouble. <laughs> but there's a lot of them, so. Yeah, lots to explore. Well, this was such a pleasure. Thank you so much again for taking the time to be on our podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much and all the best to you guys. I, I hope this continues for you and that it will bring more people around the table. And that's a wrap on our episode with Susie from the Mediterranean Dish. You can keep up with Susie and her amazing recipes at the Mediterranean Dish on Instagram. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Elena Cho. And I'm Maggie Tang. And this is Gourmand. 